I feel led this morning to bring a message on the subject of commitment. I'd like to begin with a short story. The story is told of a hen and a pig that felt sorry for a homeless man and they wanted to do something to help him. I have an idea, suggested the hen. We could give him a nice breakfast of ham and eggs. That's easy for you, replied the pig. For you, it's just a contribution. But for me, it's total sacrifice. I didn't tell you that story to be funny. I told you that story for us to consider our level of commitment. Is it possible that there's any correlation between this story and that of our commitment to Jesus Christ and to the body of Christ for which he died? Title of the message this morning, A Hen or a Pig, Which? Now, I could cite many cases from within our country that would underscore a lack of commitment. We could go to thinking about finances. We could think about marriages in America, and we know they're in shambles because of a lack of commitment. But I'm not so concerned with things way out in the world, but I'm concerned with the body of Christ. Where are we, where am I, in my level of commitment to Jesus Christ? And I hope that can be a challenge to each of you as well. Do you believe this statement to be true? Our level of commitment to the family, our spouse, and to the church is no greater than our commitment to God. As we think of commitment, do you and I have the prerogative to choose a certain percentage or a level of commitment that is, I'm sorry, do we have the prerogative to choose the percentage or level of our commitment to God and the church? In other words, what level of commitment is acceptable? You know, it doesn't really matter much what I say, but what is the standard? As we think about commitment, the word of God is the standard, and that's where we want to go to give consideration as we think about commitment this morning. What is the true cost of commitment? And what is the true cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Let's go to the Word and see what we find. Let's turn, if you will, for a text to Luke chapter 14, verse 33. Luke chapter 14, verse 33. The Bible reads this way. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Brothers and sisters, I'm astounded at the forthrightness of Jesus' narrative with his followers. In this passage, we see in this verse, we see no wiggle room for an exception clause. There's no provision for a percentage-based commitment. There's no reservations here. In essence, Jesus is saying that any commitment to him that is less than 100% is null and void. More than that, it's impossible. Is it possible that I would have something in my life that is hindering a close relationship with Jesus Christ? And have I determined my level of commitment? And am I suffering for it? Is it possible to de determine 
a level of commitment. I'm talking about a partial commitment. Can I do that and really have a, a commitment to Jesus Christ? I guess I have been challenged by this thought and this passage, and I'd like to force to consider it together. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, Jesus said very explicitly, he cannot be my disciple. Those are straight. Those are rather harsh words. Those are God's words, Jesus' words, not my words. Now, I'd like to consider the context, if you will. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Let's pick up at verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned, and he said to them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet with him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. And then our text verse once again, So likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. I was just, those words I think are astounding. They're so straightforward. Thinking about who Jesus was addressing here in verse 25. Who was Jesus addressing? Was he addressing the 12, the disciples? Verse 25 says, and there were great multitudes. So Jesus was not only addressing the 12, he was addressing the followers, but he says this in verse 26, if any man come to me. So Jesus is addressing men and women from every generation. He's addressing those from every ethnicity, and absolutely no one is excluded. And so his words 2,000 years ago are reverberating right into our assembly here this morning, here at the peak. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, and then Jesus sets forth the criteria that we need to meet for that relationship, and Jesus clearly states the cost of commitment to him. As I read this passage, there were several words that really stuck out to me. Number one was the word cannot. The second word was the word all. So I'd like to consider these three verses where this word or cannot be my disciple. Look in verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Those are straight words. So in relationships, my love and commitment to Christ must supersede every other relationship. Christ must be on top. 
He is, my relationship to him must supersede every other relationship. So if there's something beyond that in our relationships, Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple. The second verse that it appears is in verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There's a God, Christ's words, not mine. So it seems to include our identity and our will here. I don't believe, and I, I didn't go back and get this. I heard Dwayne Eby speaking something very similar. He said something like this. Our cross never had to do with our situation or a financial reverse or poor health. That is not, that's the cross I have to bear, your poor health or something else. That has nothing to do with it. A cross is what we experience or the reproach that we experience because of our identity with Jesus Christ. That is bearing the cross. And so also we need to give up our personal will. My will and my desires must be subservient to him. They must conform to his will. And if it doesn't, I cannot be his disciple. That's strong. And then verse 33, our text verse. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So our possessions. It seems like we, sh we need to lay everything on the altar of sacrifice even our very own life. Have we laid everything on the altar? Jesus said if we don't, we can't be his disciple. No exclusions. So it's, I've really been challenged as I think of, of these words. Thinking about your giving, thinking about your tithes, is a tithe all that's required of you? Or after you've given your tithe, is what you have, it's yours. You can do with it what you want to. Is that what we find here? I don't think so. All that we have is God's. Are we willing to lay that on the altar? We need to lay all of things into his hands. And we need to be thankful for those things that he gives back to us. Because he entrusts us to take care of those things because we are a steward. God has given many things to you and laid them back in your hands because you are his steward. And I ask a question. Do I have the right to define the percentage or level of commitment to Jesus Christ? Do I have that right? Can I determine or is it God? He says... We must lay all things down or we can't be his disciple. So obviously, I am not the one. I cannot determine a certain percentage or a certain level of commitment. God is the one who determines that or Jesus Christ. And so I ask the question, in my commitment to God, am I a hen or a pig? Which is it? And I, once again, I'm not trying to be funny. But I want us to consider, according to God's word, what is our level of commitment to Jesus Christ? 
Second point of the message, Jesus teaching an example of commitment. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 23 to 27. And Jesus answering them said, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall unto the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his word, I'm sorry, he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. And if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto, came I unto this hour. So brothers and sisters, we have a critical choice to make. Either we choose to live a life for self now, and suffer a life of futility and barrenness with hell to follow, or by faith we choose to die to our own selfish desires here on this earth, and we will reap a bountiful harvest with heaven to follow. The choice is ours. What are we choosing? That was verse 24. Verse 25. It seems to me that we're called to hold the things of this world lightly in our hands, in our fingers. We need to recognize the source of our blessings, both physical and spiritual. We need to be happy for what, what we have from God, and we need to share his goodness with others. Obviously, as you think of Jesus, he didn't have a lot of this, earth, this world's goods, and yet he distributed many things to the people, and that's the challenge we should hold the things of this world loosely in our hands and in our fingers, and we should have a desire to distribute God's goodness to others. Verse 26, Jesus said, If any man serve me, if any man serve me, let him follow me. I looked up this word serve, serve in the Greek, and the definition means to be an attendant, to wait upon. So, if we are to serve Jesus, we are to be his attendant or to wait upon him. And then following that, Jesus says, you know, more than that, in verse 26, we follow him. And that is to participate in union in the same way to follow the example thereof. Jesus promised that if we would be faithful in identifying with him, and in dying to self, we will be honored by the Father. I believe that you as a congregation have a desire to be honored by your Father in heaven. And Jesus has given us the recipe or how that can happen. So we are an attendant. We serve the Lord Jesus. And Jesus calls us to follow, follow him. And we are promised to be honored by the Father. Verse 27 now is my soul troubled, Jesus said, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. It seems to me that Jesus, he sensed a certain uh, struggle. He sensed a certain tension between his earthly body 
and his eternal soul. Now, most of us, we have a natural inclination to preserve life, to preserve self. And I believe that's partly what Jesus felt. And you know the struggle. I don't have this in my notes, but in, I think it's in Matthew 26 when Jesus, when, the garden, when he was in the garden, he said, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from, thee, from me. He was facing, he was feeling that tension uh, of self-preservation, and yet his commitment to the Father superseded what he felt in his earthly, earthly body, and he was willing to surrender that to his Father. He said, oh, my Father, um, he said, not my will, but thine be done. So he was willing to commit that, surrender that to the Father. And I think his, as I think of Jesus and his Commitment to the Father, I think uh, we see that is he had it in the past, eternity past, eternity future. And I think it's beautiful, and I think it was complete commitment, and I think it was eternal commitment. I don't know that I'm going to turn to these, uh, but thinking about eternity past, Jesus not only committed once to come to this, it was a... As we think of commitment, it's more than a one-time thing, uh, one-time commitment. Jesus, and it happened to him in 1 Peter 1, 18 to 20, it talks about Jesus being slain as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That was eternity past. And like I was speaking a while ago about Matthew chapter 26, we have where Jesus, he was willing to surrender. Once again, in the garden, he surrendered to his father. He said, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And so that was eternity present and then eternity future. Um, we've looked at this before, but I love, I love these, these words. I don't understand Jesus' commitment and his love, but in Luke chapter 12, verse 37, it says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he find when he cometh shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Jesus' commitment to the Father and to us was eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. And I would submit to you that it's impossible to divorce Jesus from his character. We think about Jesus fulfilling his work at the cross, and he did that. But Jesus' work continues, and it will continue even into eternity. And so I say to you, it's impossible to divorce Jesus from his character. Third point of the message, and last point, what is our response? I've focused mainly on our commitment to Jesus Christ as a foundation for all other commitments. And I believe it's true. I didn't really come here this morning and think about husbands and wives, this you have to do and this you don't do. And as you're a member of the church, you do this and you don't do that. I just wanted to mainly focus on the foundation of commitment and thinking about our commitment to Jesus Christ. And I believe every other commitment will filter down through that one and will be affected. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 I think this was 
Minna Simon's favorite verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So our commitment and connection to the vine is imperative if we desire to be fruitful and effective in his kingdom. And I'm not going to turn to John chapter 15, but it talks there about the important imperativeness of being connected to the vine. And as we're connected, as we're committed to the vine, then we can be fruitful. As we think about commitment, I love the what we have in a in Philippians chapter 2 about Jesus and his commitment to the Father, not only to the Father, but to us. And I'd like to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. We are told, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was, I'm so grateful that Jesus had a much higher level of commitment than many people in our world do today. If Jesus would embrace the same level of commitment many people have uh, today, we would be still, we would be dead in our sins and be facing an eternal hell. If Jesus would have said, yes, Father, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be born of a virgin. I'm willing to live my life. I'm willing to suffer ridicule. I'm willing to suffer a scourging. But he, if he would have balked and say, Father, I just can't go to the cross. I, I just can't, I can't follow through on that. I'll do all that other that you want me to do. My point to you, Jesus did not dictate a certain level of commitment. He was willing to follow through completely. And you and I are called to do that same as well. In this passage, we are told to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is your level of commitment? What is my level of commitment? In conclusion, in essence, Jesus said that if a kernel of wheat dies, it produces many seeds and bears much fruit. I'm blessed that Jesus was not willing to compromise his commitment to the Father's will. Jesus was not willing to compromise his love for you and me. His commitment to the Father and to you and me was 100%. It was complete. And because it was, what happened? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 is a couple, one of my favorite verses. I guess I have other favorite verses, but 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. What were the results of a wholehearted commitment to the Father and to you and I? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Are you blessed by the commitment, the full commitment that Jesus had to his Father and to you and me? 
I'm sure that we can say, yes, we have. I was just thinking about some of the commitments that you and I have already made. We, you and I have made some pretty strong commitments. When we became a Christian at our conversion, when we joined the church, we made some pretty strong commitments. And I would like to read to you from the minister's manual questions that you have answered already uh, to the affirmative, strong commitments. Are you truly sorry for all your past sins? And are you willing to renounce Satan, the world, all the works of darkness, and your own carnal will and sinful desires? And we said, I am. One more. Do you promise by the grace of God and the aid of his Holy Spirit to submit yourself to Christ and his word and faithfully abide in the same, how long? Until death. And we said, I do. You and I have made some strong commitments to God and to the church. And I believe we do not have the right, we do not have the prerogative to determine a certain percentage or a certain level of commitment. It must be full, it must be complete, or it's none at all. What kind of commitment do you and I have this morning? I close with the text. Jesus' words, not mine. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. May God bless you. Shall we have a song?